That's a really cool song. Um, maybe today at lunch, you'll be having some time with some friends or family. And uh, I used to go to church, and my family didn't. So then I would come home, and they would say, so what was church about today? What was church? What was church like today? And I knew what they were asking was, like, what did you guys think about it? What was the theme? So if that happens to you today, you can just say, well, the big idea is that we are, we are saved and sustained by grace. The grace that saved you didn't stop after that experience, after that uh, initiation into, into Christ. It continues. But what happens is that a lot of us began so dependent on grace, so immersed in grace, but as we move along, we get in with, and I don't mean this to hurt your feelings, but we get in with some church folks, you know, well-intentioned, but we've figured out how to live in our flesh and how to move forward and just kind of mimicking one another a little bit, and we move out of that place where we're just so uh, needy, you know, for God's grace. And we begin to see something kind of negative happen. So today is a call back to growing, growing in Christ, which is rooted in and founded in a place of grace. It's all about grace. The growth of a Christian involves a lot of change agents. You know, there's there's a lot of things that, that happen when you want to see something grow. For me, it's been his word and fellowship it's been personal prayer. It's been worship. That's been such a huge part of, of my life for years now. And things that set up fertile soil, like we talked about last week, in a Christian's heart. It's really similar. This, all of this imagery, this, this metaphor, is, is like a farmer, the part that a farmer plays in growing a crop. The Holy Spirit... He, he works the soil, he tills the soil, he plants the seed, he waters the seed, the seed that's in you, the exact same seed. You know, some of these great Christians you hear about, some of these people you think, ah, oh, they're just so powerful in their spirit, they're just so, you know, their ministry is so, they have the same seed, it's the same, the same seed. So here's what I want you to think about today. It is not my responsibility to grow myself. That's God's job. I told my grandson the other day, he's just getting so tall, and I looked at him and I said, I just need you to slow down. I need you to stop. Just stop for a minute. You're just growing so fast. And he said, I can't. (laughs) He's like a little hulk. I can't stop it. You know, I'm going to grow. That's, it's not my job to make myself grow. That's God's job. What I'm responsible for, my job is to cultivate a heart and a lifestyle that's conducive for that growth. My life can change. I can change, you can change, and you can grow. You can grow. No matter what my situation is, no matter what your circumstances are, I can cultivate 
the soil of my heart. So I'm going to be asking you today, this is a challenge, to evaluate the environment that you're in. You know, if you've ever tried to plant a garden and maybe somebody said, oh, there's, there's too much, you know, there's too much pH in it. There's too much acid in it. You need, you need this in your soil. You need to cultivate this. You need to add this or, or, or do something to kind of cancel that out. That's sort of what today is about spiritually. If something needs to change so that God can grow you, make a conscious effort to change. I know you don't like change. Most of us don't, but be purposeful about it. Ask God to grow you and to give you the courage that that you'll need to embrace the growth as it comes. Now, I'm going to pause and I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray this for myself. And I don't know what you think about written prayers. I'm usually not a big fan of that. I just kind of like spontaneity. I was doing a funeral once, which was in a completely different, it was in a different country, actually, and it was in a different environment and way, you know, several uh, steps away, I guess, denominationally or whatever, and that was okay. Uh, But I remember this, uh, it was a priest, and he got this big book off the shelf, and he set it down on the table in front of me, and he opened it, and he said, now here's a book of prayers. Why don't you go through those and just pick one out, you know, that you'd like to do? And I said, oh, okay. You know, and I started looking at them and I thought, oh man, I don't know. I don't know. I said, hey, here's an idea. I'm just, you know, I'll do one of these. That's fine. I can do that. It's not a big deal. I've been asked to pray before ball games and sometimes they want to look at it and make sure you're not going <laughs> to say something crazy, you know. Uh, so I said, oh, that's okay. I said, but what if throwing this idea out there. What if I just prayed? You know, just like off the top of my head. He said, you mean spontaneously? You just pray? Just make it up? I go, yeah, what if I just make it up and just pray? And he sat there, no kidding, and he kind of did this. He said, you know what? I like it. Let's try it. Let's try it. And he felt so edgy. I said, yeah. We're a couple of wild guys now at this funeral, you know, jazz hands, you know, it was just like, okay, and, uh, and we made it through. Now, what I'm about to do is I'm going to read a prayer, but it comes from my heart. You don't have to pray this, but if you want to, I invite you to pray it with me. Be careful what you pray. If you're not in, that's okay. It's just a choice. But if you're in, you're, you're praying this. You know, you're, you're actually saying this in agreement with me for yourself. You ready? Let's pray. And it'll be on the screens up here so that, so that you can see it too. Lord, I know you desire to see me grow. I know that who I am now is not who I once was. And who I will be is not who I am now. Help me to recognize the areas of my life that need to be rearranged to create an environment for growth. Help me 
Make the changes so that you have full reign in my life and grow me into the person you've destined me to be. Amen. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, what do you think are some of the agents that God's going to use to help you to grow in Christ? And you probably can guess at that based on your past experiences. What has already been instrumental in growing you? What are some of the things um, that have helped you to grow? And you can just, just shout those out. Promise Keepers events. That is so shameless. He's getting in a plug for his summer men's event. Promise Keepers events. And you can sign up online. Um, all right, but that's true. And I have, I have I've had some powerful moments at events like, at big events like that. Absolutely. What else? Your boss? Loss. Personal loss. Not some of my favorites, but that pushes me into Jesus. Loss. What else? Relationships have been fundamental in my life, all the way back to college. Um, meeting and getting to know Christians and pouring into each other's lives. Service is, is one I hope somebody would say because I didn't put it on my list. And I thought, wow, when I'm ministering to other people, I find that it, it reflects. It comes back and, it, and, and I, I grow. And I think, wait, I was here to help you, but I'm the beneficiary. Community groups, that is on my list. That's been so powerful. That's been so powerful. And by the way, you did such a great job on the announcements I laughed, I cried. I just wanted to come to every event that you mentioned. Community groups are so important, and that's why we emphasize it in the life of our church. Illness, kind of like loss, you know. Revival, devotionals, like devotional books, devotional times. That's it. <laughs> I'm also thinking of some, some of the basics. I know we kind of jumped to this next level, which tells me you're growing, and you're seeing how God can use some of the things that are maybe outside of your typical, maybe, imagination, but God uses the Word. Um, pardon me? God's Word. You, okay, God's Word has been one of the primary ways because everything I know about Jesus I got right here. You know, it, it's here. And when I first began to walk with him and a group, actually, I didn't have a Bible, and a group actually took up money and collected money and bought me a Bible and gave it to me. And I remember just falling asleep reading that and just thinking, this has been here my whole life. How could I have missed this? God's word and how you approach God's word and what you expect from that when you read it and Prayer has been just unbelievable in my life. Just that avenue, being able to have conversations with the Lord. I journal a lot of times, so I blend, you know, God's Word and prayer. It kind of overlaps sometimes with that devotional like you were talking about. 
these ways in church, you know, just, just being here, being in this room, being in an atmosphere with other believers uh, is so conducive and, and so, so powerful to, to me in my life. You know, last week we began a series called Rooted. Uh, I began to notice there are all these agricultural images, I mean, these word pictures in the Old Testament. I mean, really, all through Scripture, but especially in the Gospels and in the New Testament. And uh, I just thought, wow, he he uses that, you know, God uses that picture to help us understand, you know, really all the way through, all the way through. You know, after a seed is planted, what do you expect it to do next? Yeah, grow. You just wanted to grow. You thought I was going to trick you, didn't you? You thought, ah, that's too easy. I'm going to go with something else. But yeah, you just want it to grow. That's what we just expect the seed to grow. We hope it does. And ultimately, we want it to bear you know, lots of delicious foods or a, a healthy, you know, beautiful plant or flowers or something like that. You know, we talked last week about uh, what seeds need uh, in order to grow, and specifically about healthy soil. Now, this is a plant I brought out of, out of our kitchen. Uh, it, it's one that we have that's still alive and healthy. I had to be, I had to be very uh, purposeful in going around and finding uh, something like that. Uh, but it, 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 there's this seed at one time, and it needs soil, and water, and sunlight. I mean, there are just numerous causes, you know, that, that go into it that are necessary for a seed to grow. So last week, we really focused on the soil. Today, we're going to talk about what some of these other necessary agents, you know, for growth in a believer's life to bring the seed of the Word to life, to full fruit-bearing maturity. Maturity. Let's look at some of those necessary agents of growth, and we're going to see it through the lens of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 9 to 5. Here's what it says. What, after all, is Apollos? What is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord assigned each to his task. I planted... Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither the one who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be awarded, rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers You are God's field, God's building. Now, it's important to remember, and I'm going to kind of emphasize and kind of hammer this today, that it's really God who makes things grow. There's no formula. There's no set pattern. There's no algorithm or thinking, I'll just do these things and just plug that in and I'll grow. 
No, it's really God who causes that to happen. I mean, the seed matters, absolutely. The soil matters. We talked about that. The water matters. The sunlight matters. All of that. If you were to put this in a dark room and just leave it there and there's no light, you know, you're going to come back in a week or so and you're going to think, oh, what happened? It didn't get the, the right sun. Uh, there's uh, the little foyer area outside of my office upstairs toward the, the front of the building. There's one of those little plants, you know, and when I went on vacation, I just sort of forgot about it. And when I came back, I didn't think about it. I didn't water it. And it had like four little shoots coming up, and they looked really good. Now there's two. <laughs> because, you know, these things are important. These, these things are important. Um, but, and we talked about that, the, the soil, but this week, we're going to talk about these, these other agents uh, that, that are so important and how the master designer the, the, is the one who directs all those means of growth, all those things that happen. He's, he's behind that. So tr- truth number one is that spiritual growth is not growth by human means. It didn't just come through human hands. It's a spiritual thing. So, and, you know, throughout, if you've, if you've read Scripture, throughout 1 Corinthians, we see the early church quarreling all the time. You know, I used to think, wow, I'd just like to be in the first church. You know how fresh it was. And, and they're just making everything up as they go along. Well, now what do we do? We don't know because they didn't have the New Testament yet. And they're just so full of, you know, the life of the Lord and seeing so many incredible things happen. However, in a lot of ways, they're a lot like us. They're always quarreling about different aspects of the faith. In fact, it was such a problem uh, that the Apostle Paul addressed it in both his first and second letter to the Corinthians. He could have been taking up time teaching about so many other things. We said, oh, I got I to deal with these problems. I got to deal with these, with these people. One of the specific arguments was over the leaders that they followed. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound crazy? Paul states, he said, listen, these guys are simply servants. And, and this fighting has got to stop because spiritual growth is not a result of them anyway. It's not about them. It's about what God's doing through them. Paul's intent is to free readers then and and now from these unnecessary, these silly comparisons and to focus on God's work in their lives. Unfortunately, we continue to argue today about what is the best path for growth. What about this person? What about that book? What about this? You know, and, and which Christian speaker is the best and which church is the most impactful and on and on it goes. The denomination that we are a part of, the Southern Baptist Convention, meets beginning next week. And there's like so much tension right now revolving around four, five, six issues that are all sort of related and overlap. I think here we are, you know, centuries later, still having these controversies. And according to Paul, he said, you know what, all these things have a place and they're they're all important. But your spiritual growth is going to come from the Lord. That's from God. 
So another truth is this. We are God's field. We are God's field. I love when Paul says, and Peter said this in his book in a little different way. You know, he said, you are co-laborers with God. Wow. That's just so honoring. It just feels like such a blessing. It's kind of like, you know, when I would farm with my grandfather and I was mostly in the way. And if he let me drive the tractor, you could tell the, the ones I did, you know, and the ones he did and planting the seed. And I was just so, he was just such a hero to me because he made these things grow. And he gave me my first pocket knife. He gave me this Barlow pocket knife and we're out in the field. And I remember he would, he would pull up something like a turnip and he would just cut into it with his knife and eat it. Now I hated eating raw turnips, but I thought, there's nothing cooler than that. So I would do the same thing, you know. I mean, it was just, it was just so cool uh, to seeing that happen and, and, and watching that. And, and God says, and, and I can remember him saying, whether we would go fishing or hunting or we were out in the garden, uh, sometimes he would include me. And he would say, yeah, we did this. We brought these beans in. We did this. Yeah, we, we, we caught all these fish. I think, wow, we you know, you know that feeling where he just pulls you in and says, yeah, we, us. God does that with us. How honoring is that? He just blesses us. And he said, yeah, you're my field. You're my field. You're a co-worker. God is interested in your growth. He sees each human heart as a field ready to bear fruit. In verse 9 He states that we're God's co-workers. How can we practically support the Lord in his work? In his work in us and in his work through us to other people. We have to act, first of all, out of our spirits. Out of our spirits, not our flesh. And I think we need to immerse ourselves in a community with others who love Jesus, and who themselves are growing, something really beautiful begins to happen then. When we commit ourselves to reading God's Word and spending time with Him in prayer, we must regularly just worship Jesus with our lives. And I think the manner in which we go about that, you know, it's all wrapped up in our expectations If you get up and you think, okay, you know, when we prayed that prayer, one of the things that came to me is, I don't really read Scripture very much. I just read it every now and then, and I kind of read the same passages over and over. And and at the end of the... Have you ever read a book, like a page of a book, and you you look up and think, I don't know what I just read. (laughs) A lot of my textbooks were like that. I think, I have no idea what I just read. I read the words, you know, but I was just like on automatic. It was very robotic. What if you began to approach Scripture and say, God, I just really want you to speak to me today, and I'm going to read this because I think you've got a word for me. I was telling Keith back there earlier before the service while we were doing tech, and you know, I said, you know, I'm re- listening to this new book, and it's so cool. It's just so good because it stops at these places, and I listen while I'm driving or mowing or something, and I think, oh, man, I've got, got to find something to do so I can go back and keep listening because I want to see. You know, God says, I've got so much for you to speak into your life, if you approach Scripture with that kind of expectation. Or your prayer life, if instead of just kind of mumbling some cliches at the beginning of the day or the end of the day, 
I think sometimes the only times you know, that we pray really, really sincerely is when we're in trouble. Oh, God, you know, God, give me the information for this test. I will go anywhere. I'll go to outer space as a missionary. I'll do whatever you want. And we just, you know, we want God to bless something that's not there. And, you know, we, we pray. And I think that's when there's passion and when, when, we, when we're really sick or when we're, we're dead broke and we've got to pay the bills and they're coming in. And we, all of a sudden, we really pray, you know. What if you brought that passion into just your morning, just to an ordinary day? What if worship on Sunday mornings was something meaningful? And instead of, you know, shuffling in, you know, kind of five minutes late and kind of finding a seat and kind of looking around to see who's around, you know, and, just, and maybe kind of just sort of going through the songs in a routine way. What if when you found your seat and you just said, oh, God, I'm here to worship. I'm here to worship you. This is for you. And I know you've got something for me. And I'm really expectant. I'm really looking forward to what you're going to do next. And I'm going to sing. I'm going to look at those lyrics. I'm going to listen. And I'm just going to ask you to bless my heart. And I'm going to listen to the word today. I'm going to be engaged. I'm going to be engaged. I can tell you what would happen with your scripture reading and your prayer and your worship. And there's other things I know. But just the intentionality of that, you're going to grow. You think, well, I don't know what I'm doing differently, but I just feel like I'm growing in Christ. Just just cause, and, and it'll, it'll help you to want, you know, those times where you wonder, oh, I just don't seem to be growing. You know, I go to church, I kind of have this, but I'm just not growing. Focus, focus, and watch, watch what happens, watch what happens. Another idea is that in God's field, growth is not an option. You know, I was raised in an environment where you prayed to receive Christ, you prayed the sinner's prayer, and then... We had the option, do I want to live as a Christian or not live as a Christian? I can't tell you how many people I, I knew that said, yeah, I'm a Christian. I know I don't live like it. I know I don't live like I should. I think, you know that? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know I don't live like I should, but I am a Christian. I'm not sure that was ever built into the gospel. I, I don't think that's, that's an optional thing. You, you're in. When you say, I'm going to walk with Jesus, I used this illustration once with a guy who was much older than me. I said, you know, he said, yeah, I don't live like it. I have no interest in it. I have no, you know, and if you, you just think, you know, I really, I don't care. I'm not, I don't think about it. I don't worry about it. I don't read. I'm not interested. I'm just, I'm kind of apathetic or bored with the whole thing. I don't know. You know, I never like these guys who come through and try to convince you that you're not a Christian you know, and try to talk you into that, and then you get baptized again, you may need to do that, but I don't want you to know this is not my heart, and that's not my intent, but I'm telling you, if you're just really, really bored, and you just think, I don't want to have anything to do with it, but I'm a Christian, I don't know. That's what I told this guy. I said, what if on your wedding day, you said, I do, and she says, I do too, and the pastor said, you may kiss your bride. And he well, I said, what if you kissed her and then said, what a great day. What a great wedding. And now I must leave. What? Yes, I'm moving to Thailand. I'm moving to Alaska. I will never see you again. But we're married. You think, yeah, sort of, kind of, but 
That's not at all. That's not the relationship, right? And some of us are trying to take that same approach to our spiritual life. You're praying a prayer when you're 8 or 9 or 10 or 12 years old and you're being baptized and then, and then walk away. No, God says, turn around, come back, come back. I want to be in that relationship with you. It's not an option. The expectation is, is that we would grow in our faith and not be stagnant. Now, Paul makes a comparison in 1 Corinthians 3 in the first couple of voice, verses. So we're going to go backwards a little bit. He says this. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, Paul gets in a little jab here. He says, you're still not ready. You're still not ready. I'm still having to to give you baby food. And literally that last verse means people of the flesh. He said, you're still people who just live in your flesh. You call yourself Christians, but he said, you just live in your flesh. Paul connects that each person starts as a baby, as just an infant in the faith. But the expectation is that you don't stay there, that you become a mature follower of Christ. You know, it's as if I were to come over to your apartment or your house and you're sitting there on the couch in a big old diaper with a big old baby bottle and you're watching a children's show. I can't think of one at the moment. Uh, and you're just, and, and, I look and I go, hey, is this how you live? And you were to look up at me and go, goo goo, goo goo, gaga, yeah, da, And I go, why, why are you, look at you, you're 30 years old, what are you doing? Well, I identify as a baby, you know, I just identify. I think, no. And some of us do that spiritually, and it's abnormal. Isn't that weird? I mean, that's just weird to see a giant baby to somebody, you know, somebody's... But we, we accept it spiritually. We think, well, it's okay to do that spiritually. Like Paul's like, no, that's weird. You're supposed to grow. You're supposed to, to grow. He connects that. Embrace opportunities for healthy growth, whether it's in your life or in the part of another person's life. Another idea, growth needs the right environment. It almost goes without saying that spiritual growth, like natural growth, you just have to have the right environment. If you never water the plant, if you leave it in a dark room, if it doesn't have good soil, you, know, you kind of know what's going to happen. And it's silly Friends, it's silly for us to, as believers to think, I'm going to have a robust, healthy, fruitful life if we're constantly immersed in environments of sin and we have unhealthy habits and we just kind of let them stay there. Yeah, but I think I'm going to grow as a Christian. I just, I'm so, so sorry, but you're not. You know, it's just not. Look at what Paul presents. This is in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. He said, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. That's the way it's supposed to be. Paul is essentially saying, do the things you were doing. 
when the gospel seed was very first planted in you, continue in him, you're rooted in him, nurture that. So, evaluate and scrutinize the environments in which you're trying to grow. Be honest about the things in your life that are not conducive to healthy growth. I've had to make some tweaks, and I've had to make some big, hard choices. Um, There are times, you know, I had to break up with somebody I was dating because I realized this is not not conducive to spiritual growth. I've had friends that I've I've pulled in my life, but some I've had to let go of, and all kinds of habits and things, and God says, look, we're not getting anywhere with this. I'm not saying any of those things are what you've got to do, but I'm just telling you, if you want to change, you need to commit to that and look at your environments and think, wow, watching TV every day for six or eight hours, I don't think that's conducive to my spiritual growth. I'm not even watching anything sinful, but you know, I think, it's, I, think I need to dial it back and spend some more time doing something else. Be honest about those. And then recognize, uh, this is last idea, recognize ad- adversity as an opportunity for growth. That could be an don't over Don't waste your pain. Don't waste your hurts and all these things that happen in life. And most of the time, we just want to get through it. You know, we just want it to be over and done. And we go, oh, wow, I don't want to go through that anymore. In the midst of it, just think, Lord... What are you doing? What are you trying to do? What do you want me to see in this? James, who's is always as blunt as a hammer, you know, but he's such a great, great guy. He says, he says this in the book of James in the first chapter. And this is kind of almost over the top, all right? He says, consider, consider it pure joy. Yeah, I'm not there yet. I'm not feeling the pure joy. You know, he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So it's really important to be prayerful through your adversity. Seek counsel from mature believers. And and I think one of the most important things is to be humble enough to ask if you need help. Ask for it. Get help. We all have seasons of adversity. All of us. That doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't make you weak or any. It just means you're human. And you don't have to do that by yourself. Well, let's wrap this up. Um, let's finish for today. I want you to, to, to do this, to trust grace. Trust the process of growth. Just relax. We have, you know, we've just finished our little league season, and, you know, the, the, there's one little kid, and, and he just wants to hit it so badly, but he's not a great batter. You know, he's not, he's not like, and I hope you're watching the Vols. I hope, you, I hope you're watching this. Uh, if you're a baseball fan, a volunteer fan, oh, what a great season. But this guy, he would come up to the plate, and he was like a statue. I mean, he is just, and so sometimes I would make eye contact and just look at him, and I'd say, relax, chill. 
And I could see him go. I said, yeah, that's it. Bend your knees, bounce a little, relax your shoulders. Now pull your bat up, just see the ball and hit it. I would say that to you spiritually. Or in the midst of your adversity, in the midst of whatever God's doing, I'd say, take a breath. Just relax. Just relax. Trust grace. Trust the process. You are God's field. You are. And it's God who will bring about growth in you. Philippians 1.6 is kind of a familiar verse for, for a lot of us who've been around church for a while. It says this, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Wow, what an encouraging scripture. So here's my question. Here's where we land today. Will you let God work in you to cause you to grow? Will you do that? Will you, as if he needed it, give him permission and say, God, you can work in me through all these things and cause me to grow? Now, you don't have to answer that question You can answer it any way you want. But if you said yes, yes, Lord, then how are you going to do that? What's your next move? The next step for me is this is what it's going to look like for me this week. I'm scared to even suggest, like, well, I'm going to start spending some time reading. I'm going to spend more time prayer. I'm going to get out of this environment I've been in. I'm going to, what's it going to look like for you to grow? We're going to worship. We're going to sing a song together. And I want you just to contemplate that and maybe even name it. You can do it right where you are. You can come up here. You can do, you're totally free. You're at liberty. Just do whatever. And say, Lord, I just, for this week, you know, if you try to do a hundred things, you ever do that when you're trying to get in shape or whatever it is, and you think, I'm going to do a hundred things, and you fizzle out real fast? Or sometimes you think, I'm going to do, the, you know, today, just for, what is the thing? What is the thing this week you're going to focus on? Let's stand, let's sing, let's pray. God bless you.